Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I will be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to Amit Serper, who is the Director of Security Research at Sternum IoT. Uh, Amit is a leading international cybersecurity expert, and he's passionate about everything regarding cybersecurity, vulnerability exploitation, and ethical hacking. Amit's also the one who found a quote-unquote vaccine for NotPetya. Um, Amit believes it's time to look past the patchability approach and implement a vaccine-like solution. Today, we're going to be talking about some of those things and embedded device security, vulnerabilities, exploits, and more. But before we do that, let's say hi to Amit. Amit, how are you today? Hi, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. As I said, I'm just getting going because it's 6 a.m. on my side of the country. And uh, you said you're out in Boston, yeah? Yeah, I'm just outside of Boston. Yeah. What's the, um, I mean, what's the cybersecurity type kind of uh, community like there? So, um, to be honest, uh, it's it's been, at least from what I've seen, it's been a bit, you know, kind of dead because, of, you know, since COVID and stuff. But uh, generally speaking, um, there are, are a lot of security companies here, um, a lot of major vendors as well. I think that Sophos, the AV vendor, are based out of uh, Waltham, Mass, if I'm mm-hmm. correctly, which is right around the corner. And uh, you have you have presence from Google, from Facebook, from Amazon, um, and and loads of startups. Um, uh, so you have a lot of companies here. And before COVID hit, uh, we used to have uh, like I think two or three different um, meetup groups that would meet. And when back when I worked at Cyber Reason, uh, we hosted a few meetups at our offices. So there are quite uh, there's a there's there's some security talent here in this area. Yeah, and I think I think IBM has something out there as well. Um, yeah, yeah, IBM yeah, yeah, too. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the ISSA out here is quite active, and they've started their their monthly meetings again. And then the startup community, which includes security, but uh, you know a whole range of other type of companies, is very very active now. And it it is just amazing because I I moved back from Japan in the middle of the pandemic. In Japan, everything was wide open at that time. Came back here, and oh my God, you couldn't even have your kid go outside and play soccer. <laughs> you know, and now it's full on back, and I'm so happy about that. Hey, um, you know I I want to ask you so. What does a director of security research do? So it it um, it depends. It depends on the company. It depends on the focus. Um, I can tell you that at, at at Sternum, where I work, where I've been working for the past almost eight months, um, it's it's a very interesting role because we're a small startup uh, company. Uh, we're about forty people, give and take, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, we are a product company. Uh, so we have a, a product that, which is basically um, um, uh, a, a, a security solution uh, for IoT devices, whether they run Linux or um, Artos uh, operating systems. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, and the, the 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 role in, in Sternum is is interesting because it's fifty percent. Um, finding uh, finding ways to improve the product, so um, find ways of uh, find ways of uh, collecting data from the operating system on the device uh, on the device that you're running on, 
but also a lot of research, a lot of security research um, um, on products that are out there on the market right now, things that are in people's houses and or or hospitals or wherever, and finding vulnerabilities in them and uh, disclosing those vulnerabilities to the vendors. Um, and this is sort of like a feedback loop of which um, we find vulnerabilities. We learn from the experience of finding the vulnerabilities of exploiting them in our lab. And thus we are making our product better, but we're also making the vendor's product better because we're disclosing those vulnerabilities. So, so your product is not uh, vendor facing. I mean, talk a little bit about your product. Who, who is actually using your product? Yeah, so our product is actually, um, so there, there's, uh, there's several ways um, to use our product. The um, one way is for vendors actually. So if you're, for, if you're uh, for example, an internet service provider and you have you know, your modems that you're giving out to customers and you want to protect these modems or routers or whatever customer premises equipment that you're giving to customers, um uh and you want to and you want to um have some sort of exploit mitigation and protection on those devices then you as the isp um would um get our product and deploy it on the on the modem or router before it it gets to the customer's uh house so this is one example um another example is if you're um if you're a tinker if you're a person that likes uh, messing around with network equipment or with whatever it is that you have in your house that's running uh, 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 embedded Linux, uh, we actually have a free uh, version of our product where you that you can download and install on 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 um, uh, uh, any embedded device that runs OpenWRT and has an ARM chip in it. You can actually get our product for free, install it, put it on your um, Put it on your router, for example, and 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 be protected from um, uh, various threats, and even have access to like this nifty dashboard where you can see what's going on in your device. Uh, so you could be either we we could be either like vendor facing, where the vendor would take our product and pre-deploy it on their um, devices, or uh, you could be um, uh, just a person in your house tinkering with our free product. Or if you're a network um, admin working for uh, like a big corporation with lots of devices, and you want to make sure that everything is secure and working properly, so you could also reach out to us and 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 um, you know get into business with us and deploy the product on on whatever it is that you're running in your organization. Okay, I I, I want to ask a few more questions on on that product, but then I want to go kind of broader and talk more about the quote unquote vaccine approach. Um, so. When if we if we looked at the kind of uh, corporate environment, how does the product actually work? Is this some kind of network scan that goes out and says, "Hey, you have these devices," or you know, explain the approach? No. So so unlike a lot of these products, we are not doing any network scanning. We're actually deployed on the device itself. We're uh, 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 you install us on the device. So if this is a if this is a a, a Linux power device. Uh, then you'll get this uh, installation package that is um, relevant and, 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 and applicable to the device that you're running. So, for example, if your device is based on OpenWRT, you'll get an OpenWRT um, iPackage um, installation uh, 
installation package, which you can just deploy in the device and, 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 um, and install it. If you have a different uh, device with a non-standard um, packaging system, we'll create a package for you that works and you could just deploy it on the device. But the, the, our product, what we make is um, uh, uh, it's a component that runs on the IoT device itself. Okay, and and I guess I guess my 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 thought would be that you know companies have so many different IoT devices, uh, you know, actually going out and installing a solution on each individual device sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, so again, it really depends on on which devices we're talking we're talking about because if it's if it's Linux devices, um, if we're talking about Linux devices you are correct, it's kind of a pain, but it's also fairly easily automatable by tools like, um, uh, there's so many automation tools like uh, Ansible or stuff like that, because basically what you need is an SSH connection. Um, so automating these installations is not something that is, uh, you know, very, very super difficult. Um, if we're talking about um, Artos devices, which, you know, not Linux-based devices, stuff like microcontrollers or all sorts of, um, uh, uh, boards, uh, the actual installation of the product happens when you build the firmware for the device. So when you, when you are compiling whatever it is that runs on that microcontroller or Artos device, it's just another stage in the CI where our, our product gets sort of like built into the firmware that, that gets shipped to the device. So that is a more vendor facing approach when we're talking about Artos devices. So it sounds kind of weird because, you know, we we are used to um, installing security uh, products on, you know, computers, which is something that's fairly easy because you have you have a lot of um, a lot of products that help you to manage installations and all of those things. With with installing things on IoT devices, the the, the market and 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 the market isn't quite there yet, but we have our ways of, 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 of getting around that. Awesome. So I guess that is the quote unquote vaccine approach is because you're installing something ahead of time that's going to prevent that device from being exploited by any type of vulnerability. Is, is that right? Or am I getting, am I missing something? No, you're, you're spot on. The, the, the main idea is, and, and I, I mean, I can tell you about, my experience, I, I started, um, so I started doing security research on IoT devices well, over a decade ago. And um, and I, I was doing all of that research and I saw that a lot of the devices out there uh, were vulnerable to the same, to the same attacks. Um, uh, and even now, 10 years later, because I had a pause where I did other things and now I came back to do IoT stuff again. And nothing really changed that much. So you have a problem where you, you constantly have new devices reaching the market and reaching customers. And those devices leave the factory when they're not really secured. And it creates this sort of like a cat and mouse game where tomorrow there's a new botnet that's going to, I don't know, exploit your Roomba and install some sort of uh, a DDoS program on your Roomba that will, you know, ruin the internet for everyone. Um, and, and there's like this sort of 
race between the attackers and 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 the vendors, which is okay. There's a new exploit. Okay, now the vendor needs to patch this exploit, and and it's just an endless cycle that goes on and on and on and on. And in in most cases of IoT devices, even if there is a patch, installing it is not something um, um, that is necessarily straightforward or easy. Um, in a lot of devices, you'd have to um, go to the vendor's website, find your device, download the firmware update, then go into your device and then push that firmware update. So this whole process is not very intuitive and you're constantly, and, and it's not automatic, it's, it's, it's completely manual. And, and you, have to, you have to be aware of recent exploits and vulnerabilities and say, oh my God, my, uh, smart, uh, my smart electrical outlet is now vulnerable and now I have to go and look for a patch for that thing. Our approach says, listen, we know what attacks on IoT devices look like. We know what is going to be exploited. At the end of the day, the attack surface is, you know, the attack surface is so big. Um, uh, and, and, and we know how to look for, um, uh, how to look for indicators that uh, the device is being uh, uh, attacked and exploited. And we, can, uh, and we can stop the exploitation as it happens because of the way that um, our product works, which is um, we're right there in the runtime. So we can see everything that happens on the device and we're sitting in the middle of it and we can actually stop things as they happen. Uh, so that is the vaccine, the vaccine approach, which basically says, listen, you can't be chasing vulnerabilities and patches all the time. You have to have something on the device that keeps, uh, that keeps it from being exploited. And, and, and that is the vaccine, which is our product. I hope it makes sense. It totally makes sense. But, um, to, to stay with that kind of analogy or approach, what we've seen with quote unquote, recent vaccines is that sometimes they're effective, but then you have a new variant. And, and then they're all like, oh, oh, we need to create a new vaccine to address that variant. And I, I not being very technical myself, uh, have a, a difficult time understanding. I mean, with the human body, um, you can introduce a vaccine and the, the 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 body can develop these kind of you know defenses and but when you're talking about machinery machinery is fixed it's hardwired so you introduce something and it can cannot really evolve unless we get into some super crazy ai stuff that i think there were probably a few hours you know years out from so um how can you be sure that once you've introduced this quote unquote vaccine that it can protect against all known and future variants of vulnerabilities. Sure. So um, while I always I always uh, start with the analogy of you know the vaccine that we know from the medical <clears throat> excuse me I'm just coming off of a nasty cold. Um, you you <laughs> you and another two hundred million people across the country. So no worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> so while I always um, to start with the uh, analogy of the um, medical vaccine and the uh, computerized vaccines, if you will, um, the two are very different. I mean, um, a computer or uh, or an IoT device, which is basically a computer, is a it's basically it's it's eventually a deterministic machine. It's it's uh, you, you know what's going to happen. For example, um, <coughs> excuse me when when um, 
when something is being exploited, when a, when a service that runs on, a, on an IoT device is being exploited, at the end of the day, there is going, there are, there are, there's a limited amount of num, uh, there's a limited amount of, um, how can I say it, instructions that, that, that you can call to do something that the attacker wants to do. So if you want to, um, for example, if you want to uh, exploit a service and, 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 and run, um, and run a system command that is that is not related to the original flow of the program. Um, there are there's like three or four different system calls that you can call. Like there's not going to be any new ones. And if there are going to be new system calls that we don't detect or whatever, um, our product is being updated. So we are in charge of of, of adapting uh, to the changes. In, in unfortunately, in today's in today's world, you can't really trust the original vendor to do that for a million different reasons. Um, sometimes they're in, sometimes they're incapable of doing that. Sometimes um, they don't have enough people to push a patch. Sometimes uh, a product, you know, it's a business decision. A product is being uh, is being uh, released to the market, and once it's out, it's out. That's it. No one touches it. No one improves it. No one patches it. Whatever. So. You basically, you can say, I mean, quote unquote, that you're outsourcing that uh, security uh, uh, security work for our product. So to, to wrap up and to answer your question completely, um, our product is updating. So if you're installing the product, our product on, on your IoT device, um, if there is something new that um, we'll be able to catch and detect and mitigate, we we will update our product to okay so so <clears throat> what you're saying is is once the um, i just love this uh, i'm going to keep calling it the vaccine but once the vaccine has been uh deployed mm -hmm. that you can do auto updates now is the customer yeah. does that or is that something that uh sternum iot does that as depends, part of your... that, that purely depends on 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 the customer's approach to things some and and it's like that with every solution. You know, when I worked at um, when I worked at a company that makes EDR solutions for for um, for computers, it was the same thing. Like there would be the option for us to push updates, and there would be the option for the customer to you know um, uh, get the update on demand and 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 push it out to all of the machines on their own. So it's 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 whatever the customer wants to do. Got you. Okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, so what if if I'm hearing you correctly, look, because it's machines and not human beings, there is a basically a finite number of ways that you can attack or exploit these devices. And if you have figured out what those um, vectors of attack or those methods of attack are, you can create a solution that kind of protects the device from those attacks. Now, were a new type of exploit to be discovered, then you could adapt your vaccine by just kind of uh, providing a booster, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much so. And also there's something that's important to remember where um, an, an, an exploit at the end of the day, all exploits pretty much boil down to the same actions when, when they're being exploited. It's running a different program. It's um, allocating some space in the memory and writing something to that space and then executing that piece of code from that segment of memory. It's, it's as you said, it's a finite amount 
of, of actions. And we don't really we don't really care about the vulnerabilities or what they do on, on, or, or what piece of the code is vulnerable. We get into the action on the runtime level. So when when the attacker wants to run code on the machine after something was exploited, that's where we'll be. Awesome. Totally makes sense. Um, I'm going to jump tracks here for a second. <clears throat> and, you know, I talked to quite a few people who are in similar roles. I don't know, I mean, if I've talked to a large number of quote unquote director of security research, but um, people who are in quite similar roles. And what's interesting about the cybersecurity space is it's the the research is done a little bit differently typically in most let's just put cybersecurity aside in most industries when somebody's in, responsible for research or product research or kind of understanding what potential issues are out there they they tend to look at least you know part of the time at what the competition is doing okay and a lot of people who are in similar roles to yours say that we don't really look at what the competition's doing. We look at what the bad guys are doing, because if we know what the bad guys are doing, we know how we can you know, evolve our product to protect. So they'll spend a fair amount of time on the dark web, understanding what the latest vulnerabilities are, so on and so forth. How about in your situation? Because in your situation, you've kind of figured out these are the potential attack methods so do we need to spend time out there understanding what they're doing or do we just focus on getting our product to protect against what we already know it's 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 basically one and the same so um um for example i mean you know you're you're you can see my camera but i have uh, i have a bunch of devices here that i'm abusing down to the hardware level so a lot of hands-on like hardware research that is being done and I'm also showing you on the camera. I have like my lab over there where I take things apart. Dude, you got, you got, I mean, I'm totally envious of your, your, your flat there. Um, Cause you, you've got three guitars that I can see of some pretty cool <laughs> posters. You're rocking the Iron Maiden t-shirt and you've got like this mad scientist lab table with all kinds of wires and everything. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's a sweet setup. I'm not going to lie. I uh, really, I really enjoy working here. And um, and the fact that it's in my house is even better because I just go upstairs and I'm 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 in I'm in the office. Um, so um, as I said, it's it's you know we read uh, we read a lot of reports uh, from other vendors. We read a lot of blog posts from other researchers. There's a lot of research that we ourselves are doing. Um, uh, we are just now, for example, just in the past week. Uh, we have disclosed three different uh, three different vulnerabilities to two different vendors, and we have a few coming up as well. So there there's a lot of things that we're doing to stay you know to stay up to speed um, to what's happening. With, with how does that? How does that conversation go when you approach a vendor? And I mean, obviously, you don't, you're not going to name any specific names, but you could give me an example of a device, and it doesn't even have to be a real example, but just, just so I can understand a use case. Let's say, hey, um, on device type A, we found a vulnerability. Uh, and so how does, that, how does that conversation play out? So it's not, it, it used to be a conversation. It used to be, you know, even if you go back seven years ago, 
you would send an email to the security department and it would be like this sort of like a back and forth. Um, in, in the vast majority of the cases, they're not even going to answer you because it's, it, it really depends. Nowadays, it's, it's, a very, um, it's a very streamlined process. You have a lot of companies that are using uh, third parties like Bug Crowd and HackerOne that are managing their bug bounty program. And it's a fairly straightforward process where you would fill a form on a website with all of the details of the vulnerability and you'll upload um, if you have like a proof of concept code that triggers the vulnerability and, and runs an exploit, you can attach that. Um, the vendor will get your report, they'll read it. Um, now they're even paying you money. They'll, they'll pay you money for your for your uh, for the vulnerabilities. Uh, so today it's a fairly streamlined and straightforward process. Uh, if you would if you would have asked me that question like five, six, seven years ago, I would have had a completely different answer for you. So, um, so what's your major incentive for for doing that? I mean, I mean, I get it with bug bounties and, and things like that, but you're you know you're um, a company. So what's your what's your incentive? So I'm 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 going to be completely honest with you. There's 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 a few examples. First of all, there's the uh, there's the there's the incentive of of understanding that those devices are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know a person who doesn't have at least one or maybe more IoT devices in their like daily lives that they interact with, whether they know it or not. Mm -hmm. And 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 we understand and value that um, you need to protect all computers, not just the big ones that are on your desk or your laptops. You need to uh, also protect that small uh, system on a chip that you have in your power outlet, for example. Mm -hmm. um, because if um, if someone can uh, run code on them, very bad things can happen. And I have examples. Um, um, so there is that. There is the, the true passion about securing those things. I mean, this is I work with a phenomenal group of people that that really made that their mission. I mean, um, our, our development teams are, 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 are they're people who like care so much about this and, and 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 do their job so 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 well so there's so there's that aspect um but there is also the aspect of i mean as i said we're a small startup and part of part of the way part of the ways that small companies like us get um notoriety so to say is when we find vulnerabilities and disclose them and work with bigger vendors to make everything safer. So that also provides, you know, that gives some positive attention to us and and some good PR. So there is that too. So it's it's a it's a combination of, you know, the passion, the passion of what we're doing. Because I mean, listen, you 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 saw my desk over here. I get paid to take things apart and, and poke them and 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 make them do things that they're not supposed to do originally. I mean that's the that's the the dream job so that's kind of fun i'm just i'm just wondering like um you know i'm, I'm thinking about like my, my favorite cars like a, a porsche and i'm wondering if i could get porsche to subsidize me take it apart and put it back together <laughs> you know? so, yeah, that's would... pretty much what a what a bug bounty is at the end of the day i mean yeah. uh, uh, you know that apple for example apple they have a, a a program where they will give because their devices like the, the iphone for example is very hardened and if you want to do security research on it um, you have to jailbreak it and you have to do a lot of things that 
make it work not as it was originally supposed to work because in order mm -hmm. to do research on it you have to find a vulnerability on it and exploit it so apple actually have a a, a program where they give researchers um unprotected devices unprotected quote unquote right <clears throat> like devices that that researchers can do research on so they are in 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 one way or another as you say subsidizing that work all right so let's you and me put on our um you know our jackets and walk over to porsche and uh, see if we can <laughs> get an unprotected car okay <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm with you i'm with you if if i'm being honest uh i have um um uh, my my the car that i drive i i, I have like a fun little two-seater that uh, is not really practical now that i have a daughter and when i live in new england uh, like a two-seater convertible. Who cares um, about practicality, man? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the trunk can the trunk can hold about two watermelons if you put them in. Right. That's that's one watermelon too many, man. So. <laughs> and and um, my car, uh, I have a, I have an Abarth 124, which is basically a Mazda Miata with a different engine and a few other components. Sweet. And um, the 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 infotainment system that it has. It's an older car, an older. It's from 2018. It didn't come with, um, you know, Android Auto and all of the, that fun stuff. Um, but I found after doing some reading online that the infotainment system uh, actually has a vulnerability in it that you can explode to run, you can exploit to run code on. So when I came to pick up my car from the dealership, like as I got the keys, I sat in the, the parking lot there of the dealership and I put in this uh, 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 USB drive that I prepared ahead of time at home. I put it in the car and boom, I had Android Auto in two seconds. So um, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that stuff uh, is being done as well on cars. I mean, oh, yeah, cars and, and planes and all of those things are basically um, uh, Linux machines with wheels. So, Dude, I mean, some of that stuff kind of freaks me out because, I mean, you have all the, um, o, you know, OTA over the air updates and, um, or excuse me, over the air. Yeah, over the air updates. And, uh, you know, if if some bad people get in between you and your car or airplane, and, and I don't know if you saw recently, but uh, a lot of the airlines are lobbying the, I think, believe it's the FAA to allow for single pilots or just one pilot on commercial flights. So you've got one pilot um, and you've got devices that can have issues, but also you have people who can have issues. I mean, we've seen stuff like that in the past. And it's kind of, it's a little, uh, I don't know, man, sketchy. Hey, so. well, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Um, well, hey, uh, let me... Let me ask you, um, back to the power outlet example, mm -hmm. you know, walk me through that. You said you could give me examples. Walk me through that scenario. Yeah, so um, um, so what was it? Like two and a half years ago, I was working at Cyber Reason, which is, you know, it's an EDR company, nothing that has to do with IoT, absolutely nothing. And um, I was working on this, uh, incident response engagement with a big software company in the, in the U.S. Um, and they were hacked pretty badly. I mean, they had all of their source code stolen and, and like it was really, really, really bad. And we were in this engagement, like talking to their security leadership and their board. And it was just like this 
almost a week where we didn't sleep. And when we were doing the analysis on, on how the attacker went in, we were pretty surprised because this is a company that does everything right. Um, their security posture is one of the best that I've seen. Everything is protected, two-factor authentication everywhere. Like all of the buzzwords that you can think of, they're implementing them and then some. But we eventually found out that the way that the attackers came in was they had the, the building, you know, those badge readers where you put your badge on yep, the, yep. the thing and it opens. So um, their badge, one of their badge readers was exposed to the internet in, in some way or, or another. I forget whether it was through their, like one of their third party, like, you know, maintainers or whatever, but the attackers managed to exploit a vulnerability on that badge reader. And they had, um, and they basically used that badge reader that was connected to their network um, as a proxy into their network. So, this is my example exactly where yeah. you could have like this smart outlet or, you know, there was a few years ago, there was a casino, I think, that was hacked through the aquarium. The aquarium had like a smart pump or something. That's crazy. And and the attackers had code execution on that, on whatever it is in the aquarium. And they used that piece of IoT machinery to basically proxy their way into the uh, organization's network. So there are examples for those things, and 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 while they are very cool examples, um, they're also very dangerous. Yeah, you know, and I, I remember the 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 big target breach. It, it started yeah. from the the HVAC system, right. I believe, well, right? Yeah. Um, but if we go to the aquarium example at a casino, I just I'm just curious. I, I you know, okay, so you're talking to a casino. They've got an IT department and maybe they've got w one person, a couple people. Well, it depends on the casino. I mean, if we're talking like a Vegas casino, are we talking I'm in Washington state? There's a lot of, you know, um, casinos on reservations and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. So my, my image of a casino back when I was growing up was the Vegas Strip. These days, my vision of a casino is just this kind of, uh, you know, Costco type building out in the middle of the countryside where, you know, you shuttle in a bunch of retirees every day and, and shuttle them out with a little less money in their pocket. But that sounds the, uh, mildly depressing. Yeah, dude, go there, man. Go there. You see people, you know, the last <laughs> years of their life. No, they, they're wheeling them in on a wheelchairs. They've got the oxygen tanks and everything, oh man. But <laughs> so, um, so in e either scenario, the Vegas Strip scenario or the uh, the 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 local casino in, in your state of choice, you you know, you've got a security team that's typically responsible for. Uh, people who, you know, they're trying to take money out of the casino, like, you know, by card counting or whatever. Um, and I'm sure you have IT teams. And then maybe you have a security, uh, I guess, team as part of that team. Or maybe you outsource security. Who knows when you go in there with with um, your solution, with Sternum IoT's, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, is it Sternum? Yeah, Sternum IoT's uh, solution. Who's going to know that, hey, we've got a, a smart pump in the fish tank? How do you spot those? You know, how, I mean, What's your process for informing your customers that, hey, you know what, that pump in the fish tank there? Because I would never think about that. Well, this is this is part of the sales process, if I'm being honest. Uh, not, not something that I, I am too much involved in, but there are, um, and, and that happens, by the way, with a lot of other security vendors. For example, when one of my previous uh, 
works was also the same. Like uh, the customer would get like this sort of like a questionnaire where you would like, um, you know, enumerate all of the smart devices that you have. Or again, if, if a customer is not aware that they have, um, uh, uh, I don't know, an internet connected aquarium, you know, it's, it's, it, you can't really force <laughs> people, but uh, um, there, there is a questionnaire as, as a part of the sales and onboarding process. And, and we do try to, um, we, we try our best um, to, to adapt to the customer's needs. But I will say that, you know, in, in, in what I see now coming on the, on the business pipeline, it's a lot of companies that they are well aware of what they have. Okay. So uh, it's a, for example, a company that makes, um, um, a company that makes uh, uh, cameras that sit on manufacturing, uh, on, on, on like on on in, um, on factories, and it's like a smart camera that um, uh, looks at whatever it is that's being manufactured on the floor, and it can spot defects by using AI and all of those buzzwords. So you know the company that makes those cameras, they know what they need, right? Yeah. Or, or um, um, uh, if I'm going back to the internet service provider example I, I gave before, they know what they need. Uh, usually, our, right now, it's it's we're more talking to uh, vendors of of of, of devices. Um, but you know, um, uh, whoever comes to us with whatever ask they have, we're uh, we're happy to uh, we're happy to oblige. Awesome. Hey, just a couple of questions. You know, I got to say, like, uh, you're, you're a startup and you come out and say, hey, we want to deploy this quote unquote vaccine on all your IoT devices. And I'd be like, OK, so how can we trust the vaccine? And, you know, how do we know what's in there and how do we know that that can't be exploited or used by, let's say, you know, anybody? So it's a great question. And, and actually, um, we've faced some of those and we're facing some of those questions uh, right now. I mentioned before that we have a free product that you can experiment with and download and install on your on your devices at home. And we when we when we went out with that and we published that on Reddit and on social media, some people said exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, I'm I'm who are they? They're a small startup. I don't I know nothing about them. Why would I install them in one of the most sensitive and critical points of my network? Fair. Like I I I'm, I may ha I, I probably would have said the same. Um, and this is this is a challenge where um, first of all, this is why uh, we we want to disclose vulnerabilities and work with vendors because that this helps us build a reputation of you know people who are acting out of good character, people who are who are um, experts in their field and and know about security and and, and understand the, the complexity of of of, of IoT device security. So th this is this is a real challenge, but we have, um, you know, we have a, a, a dev relations person that um, goes to all of these forums and try to, to answer all of these questions. Um, whatever data that is public that we can share. So like our technology is patented, so we can share the patent. So you can gotcha. go and see and read the patent for yourself. And in the future, we are planning on open sourcing some components. So we are, we are working on it, but as I said, we're still a small company. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that for our size and for the challenges that we have to do, and you know, um, the the scale that we're working on, I think that 
that the, the people that we have on the team are incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to say that I work with a bunch of really, really incredible people. That's awesome, man. Hey, um, why don't you, if you're, it's okay, give me a little bit of background in terms of the company formation, you know, your funding situation and, and you know, how did the company evolve? So the company, the company was founded um, uh, by uh, Natalie Chuva, which is our uh, CEO, and uh, Lian Granot, which is our co-founder and, and CTO. Uh, as I said, we're about, uh, there's about 40 of us, give and take. Uh, we are working on, on, on growing, we're hiring developers, we're hiring uh, there, there's a, there's a very nice, uh, wanted section, um, on our, on our website. Um, the company is headquartered in Israel. Uh, so while I am originally Israeli, uh, I've been living in the States for six and a half years now. So I, I work out of, out of my house, uh, in, in Massachusetts. Uh, we have a few other people in the States, uh, mostly in, uh, sales positions. Um, and as I said, company is headquartered in, in in Tel Aviv, Israel, but we have we have developer teams in uh, in Poland and in Ukraine, and uh, we're really trying to. Although we're a small company, we're trying to uh, build ourselves as a as an international company. So unlike unlike other uh, security companies that are based out of Israel, we don't try to limit ourselves ourselves to only Israeli talent. So we 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 are hiring. People, as I said, abroad, and 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 whoever uh, whoever is passionate and wants to join us, uh, we'll we'll gladly talk to them. And are you VC backed or bootstrapped or? Sorry, what? yes, yes, we are we are VC backed. Yes, um, uh, there's uh, several uh, uh, known investors like uh, Santo Politi from 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 Spark, and there's a few uh, few very well known uh, VCs behind us. Excellent. Hey, uh, one last question. And I, you know, well, I, I say that and more things might pop into my brain. But, you know, when you're going out to these vendors or manufacturers of these IoT devices, uh, is there, I mean, right now you're kind of just doing it. Are you selling to them, though? I mean, is this a, a solution that you could sell to them directly so that they could just uh, go ahead and, and as they ship the device, it can ship with the vaccine? Hopefully, yes. This, okay. is, what, this is what we're trying to do, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Wait, well, hey, I mean, uh, if people want to find out more information about Sternum IoT and your product services, et cetera, and some of those positions you're trying to hire, I, I suppose they could just go to your website? Yes. So to find out more information uh, on the company and, and, and uh, positions that are open and, and the projects that we're releasing, uh, you're more than welcome to go to sternumiot.com. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, following me around, uh, I have completely minimized my uh, my presence on Twitter because of how things are going there. And uh, I'm on uh, I'm on. So you're not a now. fan. You're not a fan of the man, huh? <laughs> well, uh, 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 you know, it's 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 uh, it's not how you manage a company. You know, with okay. the things that happen at Twitter, especially by the way that now uh, apparently there was an insane data leak with like 235 million email addresses leaking and Twitter doesn't really have a security department right now because he fired everyone. So, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I am on Mastodon though. So uh, infosec.exchange slash zero X uh, AMIT. So that's where you can find me on Mastodon. 
Awesome, man. Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I like talking to people who are working in organizations that have a unique approach because, you know, as you said, there's a, there's a lot of EDR companies out there and uh, it, it can, I, 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 again, I, I think it's nice to have a paradigm switch and also just see a company that's trying something new. So, hey, this has been a great conversation and I'd like to wish you guys an awesome 2023. Thank you. Right back at you. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.